And welcome to season three of the JKR podcast presented by JKR Baseball. My name is Jay Shriglin and I will be your host. We're excited to continue the JKR podcast with season three of episodes. This season, we are expecting many great series with top-tier travel organizations across the country, while we also spotlight commits, collegiate, and professional players from across the United States. It is our goal to be the player's platform for all of prep baseball. As we continue to do this, make sure to stay on top of the J-Care podcast episodes, but also tune into the other features that J-Care Baseball presents. That includes blogs like the lineup card written by John Sparacco, player-based events like Battle of Indiana, Summit City Baseball Academy, and other events being announced very, very soon. With Season 3, that comes two new programs for athletes to enjoy. Those are the JKR Brand Ambassador Program and the JKR Athlete Creators Program. To stay on top of all these features, check out jkrpodcast.com to learn more. I genuinely appreciate everything you guys have done for me and the JKR brand over the past two years, and I hope to continue to build both the JKR brand and the game of baseball for years to come. Let's dig into today's episode after a word from our sponsor. J.K.R. Baseball is ecstatic to announce Cradle Batweights as the official sponsor of the Ohio Baseball Series. Check out the all-new Crado Swing Trainers at CradoSports.com. This weight is unlike any other weight available. It is designed to be attached at the hands, given optimal benefits. This unique placement will improve hand speed, bat head speed, exit velocity, and power all while creating proper swing mechanics. The cradle bat weight can be used with T-work, front toss, machines, and even batting practice, all while using your own bat. More benefits can be found at cradosports.com. Cradle bat weights range from 10 ounces to 40 ounces, ensuring that the perfect weight for all levels. Visit cradosports.com and use the code CRADO10 for 10% off. Other products offered through Crater Sports are tees, nets, weighted balls and back grips, high-quality training aids, and competitive prices. Check out CraterSports.com today, and let's dig into the episode. And welcome back to the JKR Podcast. Today we have five-star national T3 Warhawks outfielder and left-handed pitcher, Ohio's highest-ranked uncommitted prospect, Jordan Keeveman on the JKR podcast for the Ohio Baseball Series, presented by Credo Batweights. Jordan, pumped to get you here on the show this morning. How are you doing? I'm great, man. Thanks for having me. Of course, man. Appreciate you coming on the show. But before we do dig into, you know, travel baseball, high school ball, everything you got going on within your baseball career, I got one question I like to ask everybody to get the podcast started. And that is, for those who don't know you, how would you introduce yourself? Who exactly is Jordan Keeveman? Well, I am a lefty-lefty outfielder and a pitcher for IMG Academy High School. Um, just transferred over there this year. Um, so, I mean, I've been playing baseball my whole life growing up since around, like, five years old. But I've always been around the atmosphere with my dad playing baseball and uh, just a big family with baseball players. So, uh, always grown around that area. So, I feel like Baseball has definitely been my strong passion since I was a little kid, and I just want to bring that as far as I can in life. So, Okay, so you talk about IMG Academy. That is one thing I really want to dig into here in a little bit. I want to start it off talking about travel baseball. I see you wearing that T3 Warhawks hat. Let's dig into that. Take us through. I know you're playing for Five Star National, playing for the T3 Warhawks. Kind of take us through what that travel baseball experience has been like so far. Yeah, so it's, I mean, it's definitely been a lot. I mean, you're practically on a plane every single week traveling to a different area, but uh, it's definitely fun. I love, I love traveling all the time with uh, 
with the guys going to play in big tournaments, get big, more of a name out for myself and stuff of that matter. So, I mean, it's definitely been a lot, but I'm, I've had a lot of fun doing so, so far. So. Okay, so playing for both Five Star National and the T3 Warhawks, I know you kind of talked, you touched it on there before we started recording. Can I take us through, what does that average summer look like for you? How often are you playing for Five Star? How often are you playing for T3? What dicks that decision maker in terms of what tournaments you're hitting? Kind of take mm -hmm. us through, you know, go, playing for both of those teams. So generally, I, uh, I just pick out the tournaments that I think that, like, will have the most benefit as to me, and then I'll take – the tournaments out of both teams and uh i'll go play for like t3 one tournament and then five star the next tournament but uh yeah so it's, i practically just like look to see which tournaments and like if i can do them like if i'm closer in the area at one point i might go play for like the team that has a tournament closest to them so that will definitely play a part too but uh yeah so just kind okay, of spread so it out Okay, so obviously five-star, you know, that's a team I'm sure they've got tons of commits and lots of power five commits there on that team. T3, I'm sure, does as well, but five-star may be more on that national level compared to where T3 might be having some of the best prospects in the Midwest compared to the entire country. Um, Take us through maybe some of those adjustments you have to make going from T3 to five-star, maybe playing more, in again, tournaments across the country, having teammates across the country, whatever. What are some of those adjustments and what's that transition going from T3 to five-star? I'd say the biggest difference is in terms of competition you play and how to earn your spot on the field. So I feel like playing more with five-star, we generally play in a lot more bigger tournaments and we'll face a lot more extremely competitive teams in that aspect. So I feel like jumping from T3 to five-star definitely like brought up the competition. And like in terms of playing, we, we have a loaded outfield on T3, like it's definitely still competitive atmosphere. You have to like work to earn your spot, but I feel like five star with guys always rolling in and stuff like that. Like you can always get your spot taken like on that day. So you just have to really work for it. Yeah, for sure. So you talk about, you know, how competitive both T3 and five star is there. Obviously T3 is more of in Ohio, maybe Midwest based there as well. Um, I guess kind of take us through that first tournament playing for five star moving from T3 to them. Was there a little bit of a culture shock in a way, kind of going and playing with guys across the country, not playing with guys just from Ohio anymore? Yeah, for sure. I mean, you're you're going on a new team, not knowing any of the players. So, I mean, that's always new. So you got to get used to that. And then, I mean, the competition, like I was saying before, is a big difference. So it's definitely, definitely a jump going from T3 to five stars. So, yeah. Okay, so earlier you kind of talked about how the T3 outfield, you know, that's very, very loaded as well. And then obviously Five Star has his name for itself. Everyone knows they're going to be a solid team every year. For you, being an insider of both of these programs, what do you think has led to the success of T3? What do you think has led to the success of Five Star? Kind of take us through that. So I definitely feel like with T3, the coaching staff has brought it a long way. I mean, I've always had a really great connection with my head coach and all of the other coaches there, they're all great guys. And I mean, they all do really good with their teaching and their knowledge with baseball. So, um, I mean, that definitely made them successful. And then five star, I mean, they also have great coaching. I mean, I've, I've loved talking to all the coaches. They make baseball fun for me. And, uh, I mean, big name for themselves and they're, they're good at like what they do for sure. And then they play in those big tournaments and they win them. So okay. definitely going to be successful with that. 
All right. So can we dig into the relationship side here? Obviously you talk about the great coaching staff, both of those programs have take us through what are some of those relationships you're able to build with the T3, with the five-star coaches, what are some of those relationships looking like here over these past couple of years? Yeah, they, they've been great. I mean, all my coaches have been really on and helpful with the recruiting process. So they've definitely like taken their stand during that while I've made that decision. So I've definitely, uh, I've appreciated them over the time. All right, so sticking on that topic of relationships, kind of want to move it from the coaches to the teammate side of things here. Obviously, playing for T3, I'm sure you're playing guys that, you know, maybe are from your area of Ohio, whatever. And then obviously five-star again, guys from across the country. Take us through what are some of those relationships with guys you have from the state of Ohio with guys from across the country? What are those relationships with some of your teammates looking like? Yeah, so, I mean, guys from Ohio I've been playing with for quite a while. So, I mean, I've always had a great relationship with most of them. And then like five star, I just met all the guys last year and uh, built a good relationship with them. So it was fun to do that. And then, I mean, I've had some of like my friends like Noah Kaboski, who's from Ohio that I've played travel ball with like my whole life. So he plays on five star. So I've got to have like a close connection there. So, yeah, it's definitely it's been fun to meeting the new guys and all of that, though. So. Yeah, yeah, I, sure. I was talking to, uh, I believe it was Noah I was talking to last week, and he talked about how pretty much, pretty much everyone on that team's committed there for that five star, five star program. Everyone kind of going to that next level, guys, all that same caliber as you. Kind of take us through when you're on a team like that, when you guys are all headed to that next level, all high caliber baseball players. How are you guys maybe picking each other's brains? Maybe what are some of those conversations looking like? Take us through what that's looking like with your five star teammates. I mean, yeah, all all of them having big names, being going to big schools and stuff like that. I mean, it's it's definitely like all of the guys there. They're like they earned it. They're they're all dogs. Like, um. So I mean, definitely like just taking advice from them and stuff. You want to listen to that because like they've they're they're good at the game. So like, it's it's better to take it from someone that's been around it. So for yeah, sure, it's sure. yeah, I'm sure. So kind of moving ahead there to this upcoming summer. Obviously, you're a class of 2025, so 17U summer, last year of travel baseball. Take us through what's that excitement heading into this summer, maybe some expectations you have as well. Take us through what you're expecting out of this 17U summer here in 2024. Yeah, I'm I'm really excited for this summer. Having just transferred out to IMG, I feel like it's been helping with my development a lot. So, uh, I mean, just hoping to go into the year and high expectations for myself to go and succeed really well. So really looking forward to that i mean putting more of a name for the recruiting and then stuff of that matter so i'm definitely definitely looking forward to this summer okay so as we kind of talk about the future let's kind of hold it back but talk about the past i'll talk you know whether that's this past summer maybe summers before that as well take us through out of travel baseball as a whole what would be some of those favorite memories that come to mind when you think about travel baseball i mean def definitely winning the big tournaments with all of my with all my friends like you get to do the dog pile and stuff like that that's always fun to like be in these big moments with the guys like you're at the top of the world at that moment like all of your close buddies so definitely definitely probably those those moments okay so making that transition from travel baseball to the high school side of here obviously like you said transferred to img here this past fall let's talk about your freshman and sophomore year first at hoban take us through what that experience was like so I mean, Hoban also having a really stacked outfield, all all D one players, uh, definitely made it a challenge going into my freshman year. I mean, got a spot on varsity to start the year, but had to really work for my spot. Uh, didn't play the full year, and then going into sophomore year, 
we had a new coach transition and he saw my uh, talent a lot in the off season and then decided to make me a starter. Um, showed out a little bit in the, in the outfield. Uh, he liked me there and then put me on the bump a little bit and uh, started a pitch. And then that became a thing. I uh, figured out I'm pretty good at that. So have been sticking with that. And then, uh, yeah, and then transferred out to IMG. So. Okay, so you transferred out here this past uh, probably fall, summer, whatever. I guess kind of take us through that decision to move down to IMG. Maybe when you do get there, what was some of the biggest biggest hurdles you had to go through kind of moving away from home for the first time? Take us through what that looked like decision-wise and maybe those first couple of weeks on campus. Yeah, for sure. So, I mean, the decision started getting brought up in around summer, and uh, we decided it would be the best decision for us, help me out with uh, development and all of that. So, uh We transferred out there um, going into the school year. I mean, there's a big difference going from Ohio to Florida. You're boarding. You're all the way away from home. So, I mean, it's definitely a big difference, and you have to get used to it. And uh, But I feel like it has helped me in the long run. All the coaches there have been really uh, helpful with the resources and stuff of that matter. So I definitely felt like it was the right decision. Yeah, I'm sure. And again, you talk about moving away from home. You're what, probably what, 10, 12, maybe even further away from home there, you know, throughout the fall. I'm sure you're really enjoying this Christmas break, being home with your family, stuff like that. But, uh, sure. you know, you talk about the development there. You talk about how great the coaches there are at IMG. Obviously, that's pretty evident. You know, you think of Noah Franco, the class ahead of you, um, as being a pretty high-ranked prospect. I know pretty much every year IMG has some sort of guy who's going to be either first, second round pick, stuff like that. It kind of takes us through where you see some of these benefits long-term in your career, going to IMG for your junior and senior year. Where do you kind of see these benefits long-term kind of moving forward? Yes, I mean, definitely. I feel like having the players that are of that caliber that are really, really good at their game, I feel like it's it's nice having them around because you can almost use them as like a, a role model in a way. Like you can study their game. Why are they at the top? Stuff like that. And I feel like that's, really helpful in the long run because you can come like put your game next to theirs and come like almost like see it side by side and see like what you can do better to make yourself better so yeah so with you being that new guy on campus again this past fall went there had to board had to be away from parents be away from the parents for the first time Take us through, you know, who were maybe some of those guys that maybe showed you the ropes, maybe showed you the way of doing things there I at IMG. Again, maybe some of those biggest adjustments you had to make personally. What was that looking like here this past fall? Um. So, yeah, I mean, definitely like my strength coach and just like my outfielding coaches and all that have really helped me ease into IMG a lot easier. I mean, all the I mean, like the dorm parents and all of that, like they've been a big help. I mean, getting all situated, helping me figure out where to go and stuff like that on campus. So, I mean, they've been a big part in that for sure. Okay. So, obviously, you know, when people are going to these academies, you know, everyone, again, IMG, I mean, if you can go on YouTube, people see different things of basketball, baseball, football. You know, IMG is pretty loaded at pretty much every sport. What does that look like on the day-to-day -day being at IMG? I guess, what's that day-to-day -day schedule? Like, you playing baseball in the, in the morning, going to class, going back to baseball. I guess, take us through on a week-to-week -week basis, what does that day-to-day -day look like? Yeah, so I, I wake up and then I uh, head to school around 7.40 and then uh, I get done. We we do block scheduling. So on one day, I'll have two classes and the next day I have three. So I get out of either 11.20 or 11.05 or 10.05, my bad. And, uh, and then I usually just head back to the dorm, nap for a little bit, and then we go out to lift at around 1, 1.30. Then uh, we go from lift to practice and then we get done around 5 to 6.00. 
So, and then we have the rest of the day to hang out with friends and stuff like that. Okay. So I know when you're going to an academy, you know, I've talked to a lot of guys, a couple guys from IMG, I had Noah on, had a couple other guys as well, talking to a lot of guys from like A3 and some of those other academies that I'm sure you guys are going to be facing. Um, I know you guys are playing a, a pretty loaded fall schedule as well, for the most part. I guess take us through what did that fall schedule look like? What was the competition level you guys were facing? Kind of take us through what that fall looked like, you know, schedule wise there on the field. Yeah, so we had uh, our fall fall scrimmage games and stuff like that. So uh, we would play inner squad games against uh, our own IMG players, or we would uh, play against other teams that would come down to play us. So I mean, you definitely saw a lot of good arms from like kids at IMG and then other teams that you would see. So I mean, it was definitely like got got us right, like showed us like what we're gonna be competing against in the spring season and stuff like that. So. Is. So moving moving from the fall, again, Christmas break going on right now. I'm sure you're probably headed back there in maybe a couple of days, maybe a week or so, whatever. Take us through those expectations for your junior season. I know you guys will be traveling pretty much across the country, traveling across the south there this upcoming spring. Take us through what your expectations are for this junior season, your first year at IMG. I just wanna I just wanna set high expectations for myself and try my best to succeed. I mean just work as hard as I can and play the best I can personally and uh, see where that takes me. Um, so definitely my goal is just to like make it on Natty one and win a championship again, bring it back home with the team. So that's definitely. Okay. That so going here. through, you know, going through those for, you know, freshman, that sophomore year there at Hoban, going through the fall so far here at IMG. Um, can I take you through again, question somewhat similar when I asked about travel baseball, what would be some of those favorite memories that come to mind so far when you think about your high school experience? Um, definitely making it all the way to state ships for Hoban, uh, sophomore year. Um, I definitely felt like that was, uh, biggest moment in my life. Um, sadly losing on the, on the top stage, but, uh, it was still, it was still a great time being there. I mean, like you worked so hard all season to get to that spot. So it definitely feels really rewarding once you're there. So I'll definitely say that's my favorite memory as of high school. Okay, so I do want to kind of move, kind of transition from the whole high school scene to the whole recruiting process. You know, you recently did decommit from a school earlier that you committed on to earlier, going through recruiting process again. You know, kind of take us through that initial recruiting process. You know, maybe what were you looking for? What was just the whole recruiting process looking like? Just kind of take us through what that looked like. Yeah, so I mean, definitely just looking for great baseball program, somewhere that can set my goal of making it to the pros. So, I mean, definitely someone that can just help me get there. And then uh, help me develop at while I'm there. So definitely a school that that's good in development. And then, uh, I mean, definitely like a school that's in a good atmosphere. Like that's what I look for too. Like is like the area, the people there. Like well, I like it being at that school type of thing. So uh, that's definitely was like the thing I was looking for. Uh, just feel like I rushed it a little bit. So uh, just take a step back and then seeing where it takes me as of right now. Okay, so being a younger kid there when that first recruiting process was going on, you know, you commit there, like you said, maybe rush that process a little bit, making that decision to decommit. I'm sure there's been schools reaching out to you since that decommitment. Take us through maybe how you could compare that first recruiting process to the second recruiting process now that you are year, year and a half older from when that first one was going on. Yeah, so I mean, definitely just more knowledgeable in the aspect of like the schools and stuff like that. So uh, definitely. Uh, like more uh like I, it was a good idea to set back because i feel like it helped me like not rush things play it calm see where it takes me type of thing 
Okay. So, uh, you know, now that you are going through the second recruiting process, take us through, you know, as you're hopping on a phone call for the first time with some of these coaches, maybe what are some of those questions that you're asking these coaches to kind of get to know them a little bit more? Maybe what are some questions a lot of these coaches are asking you to kind of get to know you a little bit better? Um, take us through maybe what some of those initial conversations are looking like with some of these collegiate coaches. So definitely just like taking a step on the school, uh, asking like, like how the school is in that aspect, like the atmosphere and stuff like I was speaking up before. So uh, definitely just seeing how the school is. And then like the baseball program, they just talk about how it's been successful or what it hasn't been successful and stuff like that. And then, uh, I mean, they just like to ask me like my numbers and stuff like that, uh, get to know me as a player. So they'll ask me like individual questions. And then, uh, yeah, so we usually just plays out like that. All right. So hey, quick question. When did you decommit? I I forget. Around two months ago. Okay. So it was after August 1st, wasn't it? Yes. Okay. See, I'm looking at my notes right here. I, I think I must have looked at the wrong date. Um, all right. So as you're going through that second recruiting process, I know you kind of touched on it there when it comes to talk, asking some of those coaches certain things, but what would be some of those most important things that you're looking for as you're deciding between some of these schools that are reaching out here for the second recruiting process? Definitely the coaching staff. Uh, I just look for the coaches I feel like can give me the most benefit and help me out the most, like with my skill asset. So okay, probably so, the biggest thing I look for. Okay. So I know you said there when you were, I think it was your sophomore year, you know, Hoban let you there, step up on the mound. You kind of been going with that. I was seeing some IMG picks of you be, you know, being on the mound there as well. When you do get to that next level, you know, whatever school that ends up being, where do you see yourself more? Being on the position side as an outfielder, being on the mound as a left-handed pitcher, kind of take us through where you see yourself there, fielding or on the playing wise, position wise, where you kind of see yourself going to that next level. Um, I feel like I see myself being more of an outfielder, having grown up, and uh, that's always been like my strongest thing has been like hitting. So uh, definitely tried to carry that out. But I mean, just trying to roll both out as long as I can. Um, I feel like I do have potential in pitching, so I want to just play that out and uh, see where it takes me, keep working on that and see if I can make something of that. So, But if it came down to it, I'd probably be an outfielder. Okay, so with those goals at this moment, you know, still trying to make it as a two-way, trying to be a two-way as long as possible. Take us through, what does that training look like as a two-way ball player? How much emphasis are you putting on hitting and fielding compared to pitching? What does the certain days look like there when it comes to your training? Take us through what that training looks like as a two-way ball player. Yeah, definitely. So, I mean, just going out, I do normal practice with outfielders. Uh, I mean, that whole thing, which is about two hours, lift with the outfield group and then go and hit with the outfield group. And then when it's done with all of the practice on my own time, I'll go and do pitching work. Um, and so, I mean, not necessarily with coaches, but uh, on my own. So I have like a program here in Ohio with Lou Kolaski. Not sure if you know him, but uh, he has a pitching program for me. So I'll just, I'll just work that out on my own time at IMG when I'm done with all of practice to make sure I get that in too. So. Okay. And Lou, I believe he's the guy that uh, Noah and Owen, all those guys are going to, correct? I was going to say, yeah. I've, I've heard some pretty great things about him these past couple of weeks as I've been talking to, you know, some of those other Ohio natives, but let's kind of move ahead. Let's kind of talk about hitting and fielding here more directly. Obviously you said that's kind of what you're going, if you had to choose one, that's probably where the, the, the route that you probably would go on. Take us through that hitting approach. Let's say you're on deck. Let's say you're walking up to that batter's box. What's going through your mind? What are you trying to do with each at-bat? Take us through what that hitting approach looks like. 
So definitely I uh, look at the situation beforehand, look where the runners are, try and do my job first of all. And then, uh, I mean, when it comes to just hitting my approach, I like to think away. So just catch the ball outside and then work in. So cause let my hands like trust my hands. So I like to uh, work outside and then move in on baseball. So that's my approach for sure. Okay. So are you big a two strike approach guy or do you kind of keep the approach the same no matter what the count is? I keep it the same throughout the count. Okay, so kind of take us through those mechanics. I know you talked about there, um, you know, talk about your moving your hands there throughout that at bat. Take us through what those mechanics are looking like, how maybe they've evolved these past couple of years as well. Um, you know, just kind of take us through those mechanics. Yeah, so I've I've always worked just with my dad as my hitting coach. He's just been my hitting coach my whole life. So I mean, I've grown up studying around the same thing. Uh, not really trying to change much, but just staying like quick and compact to the ball as quick as I can to it. Um. Just make sure I stay consistent with that. So that's definitely just how I try and think of when I'm hitting. Okay. So on the defensive side of things, again, you being an outfielder, you're more of a corner outfielder, you're more of a center fielder. Kind of take us through where you see yourself defensively. Throughout the high school ball, I've been more of a corner outfielder, but I've grown up playing center field my whole life. So, I mean, I'm pretty uh, flexible with position-wise, but uh, I'd probably say I'm more of a corner outfielder right now. Okay, so when you are going from the corner outfield spots to center field, what are maybe some of those biggest adjustments you have to make? Maybe how does that change your pregame routine, knowing you're playing center compared to one of the corner spots? What does that look like uh, um, in terms of that? Um, I feel like the biggest thing is just making sure to know where uh, where to throw the ball in certain situations, cutoffs and stuff like that. And then uh, just like knowing how to read the ball off the bat. I mean, it comes off different, it spins different. So you definitely just have to, Pay attention to that when you're playing a different spot in the outfield. Okay, so move it. So transitioning from the hitting side here to the pitching side again. I know you said that kind of came up here these past couple of years. You're starting to work on it with that guy from Ohio. Um, take us through when you are up there on that mound. Take us through that pitching repertoire. One of those different pitches that you're throwing. Maybe some of those mental cues that come along with that as well. Take us through what that repertoire is looking like. Yeah, so I have a fastball, a curveball, and a changeup or a split finger. Um, I'd say my split finger is probably my best pitch, my out pitch too. Um, but yeah, I mean, on the mound, I try to think as little as possible. I feel like when I'm on the mound, thoughts tend to get in my head a little bit. So I try to just keep a blank mindset and then uh, just know the game. So just know the situation, the count, stuff like that, um, what pitch is thrown, and then just make sure to command it. And uh, yeah, so just make sure. Okay, so I know you said you really developed there as a pitcher, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe you said you really developed there as a pitcher there your sophomore year. You kind of ran with it there at Hoban, have kind of transitioned that there to IMG. I'm sure with that kind of just happening within the past couple of years, you've really worked on some of those pitches that you've got going on or maybe just working in pitching in general. When you are developing some of those pitches, whether that's that splitter, whether that's the fastball, whether I believe you said it was the curveball was that third pitch that you have. Um, when you are working on some of those pitches, take us through how do you go about it? I know some pitchers do it a little bit differently than others. So take us through your development process of some of those pitches. I feel like definitely just working on pitches just has to do with pins. So I just like to throw as much as I can with that pitch and uh, just almost get as much of a real game-like situation that you can to uh, like test the pitches out and uh, see when you can make them better and stuff like that. So Okay, so with that pitching trainer, do you want to show him a little bit of love? I knew, what is it, Lou Kalowski? Is that how Lou I say Kulowski. it? Correct. Okay. So let's show him a little bit of love. How'd you get connected with him? What are some of the benefits you've seen working with him so far? Again, I've heard some great things from Owen, from Noah. 
I think I've had another guy here on the podcast who works with him as well. Um, just take us through, you know, how'd you get connected with him and some of the benefits working with Luke Kowalski? For sure. Um, so when I was on one of my uh, summer teams uh, back when I was around eight years old, um, he came and stopped by with our group and taught us. And then we ended up uh, going and reaching out to him. So we connected there. Um, so, I mean, I've practically been working with him since I was little, around eight years old. Um, he's definitely helped me with pitching my whole life, helped me with command, uh, velocity, teaching me what pitches to throw. So he's definitely helped me with that. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I'm thankful to him for that, for sure. Okay. And I'm sure he's got you on a pretty good program here this offseason there at IMG. I know you said you're kind of taking that there down to Florida, working on that. Take us through what's that offseason program looking like in terms of maybe a deload, a ramp up, preparing for that season. What does that program look like there that Lou's given you? Yeah, for sure. It, I mean, it's been pretty consistent with uh, what we've been doing the whole off season so I mean we just we don't work much with plyo balls but we, we do some uh some plyo balls and then just some some different workouts to give um he doesn't work much with lifting so that's more of just IMG's doing but uh anything with like the pitching aspect he's there for okay so looking at your game's entirety so whether this is on the mound whether this is playing some the outfield whether this is base running hitting whatever if you were a scout watching your game what would be that personal scouting report you'd write up on yourself um, definitely uh, a leader. I try as much as I can to help lead the team. So uh, anything I can in that aspect, bring people up, making sure they know what to do in the right situations. So, uh, I mean, I definitely, I'd write that down for myself. And then, I mean, definitely like giving it my all. I like to try and give it my all 100% of the time, I mean, even in practices, just make sure always doing my best and making sure I can do better. All right, so as we kind of touch on, you know, what you are as a ball player right now, let's touch on what you could be as a ball player in the years to come. Take us through your development. What are some of those key points of emphasis you're working on with your development here this offseason? Maybe some other things you're working on there at IMG. Take us through where you kind of see yourself development-wise, uh, you know, heading into these next couple of years. So uh, recently this offseason, I've been working a lot on speed. I mean, being an outfielder, that's a big part. And uh so just working out, lifting, um, running. So just that. So just working on uh speed overall. I mean, outfielding, like fielding wise. Uh, I feel like that was one of my uh aspects I wasn't leading in as much. So I uh worked on that a lot this off season. I feel like I've gotten a lot better at that. So definitely just been working on those mainly, and then hitting. But I've been pretty good at hitting. Just trying to keep it that way. Don't want to tweak it too All right. much. So I got one last segment here for you before we do end it off. Like to get into the personal side here to end off the podcast. First off, passions beyond the game of baseball. Obviously, it is the offseason, so beyond, you know, going and training and stuff like that, what are some of those other things you enjoy doing besides playing on the baseball field? Yeah, I mean, I, I definitely just like to chill out, watch some shows, play some games. I mean, go hang out with friends. Uh, when you're dormant in uh, Florida, I mean, that's all you can really do, so – uh yeah definitely probably just that i mean go go and uh do some extra work on baseball all right are they I, never a bad thing when you're getting some of that extra work in there when you're bored but yeah for sure. uh you know moving from the passions here to the motivation side of things you know what is it that helps you get out of bed every morning help you continuously evolve as a ball player as a person what would be some of those key motivators I mean, yeah, definitely just always having the thought you like you can get better. That's just what I always like to think waking up like 
you can get better. You got to get out of bed, make yourself better. So that's definitely, I mean, I feel like it's not even always motivation, but more of discipline. Uh, just knowing that you have to get out of that bed every morning instead of, oh, uh, maybe I want to get out of this bed, but like, I don't feel like it, like you just have to. Yeah. So, you know, keeping on that topic, maybe take it a little bit further. Let's say you keep up with those motivators, keep up with that discipline of always trying to get better every day, trying to get out of bed. What does that perfect picture of your life look like 20 years down the road? Again, you keep up with that motivation. You keep up with that discipline. What does that perfect picture look like? Definitely just playing pro ball. That's, that's the goal. There we go. There we go. Wouldn't it be too bad to see your name up there on a jumbotron there at one of those at a, at a major league ballpark there for years to come? But oh yeah, I love it. Uh, <laughs> but, um, I got six more questions here for you before we do end it off. Gonna be a rapid fire pace here. So three rounds of two questions. First round, coolest contact in your phone. You're scrolling through those contacts. Who's that coolest contact that not too many people have? Second question go-to playlist, whether that's maybe on the flight back to Ohio, whether that's working out, whatever, what is that go-to playlist that you're putting on the speakers? Um, Contact that doesn't have much people. Maybe just my mom. I feel like she, uh, she, she works at home, so she doesn't like go out like a lot. So I'd, I'd probably say her or okay. my brother. Okay. And then what about um, that go-to playlist? Go-to playlist. I feel like on a plane, I just like to listen to some country. So just some, maybe some Zach Bryan or something. So, Okay. What's that favorite Zach Bryan song? Ooh, um, probably Revival. Okay. All right. Not too bad. I like that song. He's got, he's got some good songs, especially on that new album that came out there a couple months ago. I agree. Um, yeah. Him, him, Morgan Wallen, Luke Combs, you know, mm -hmm. they're definitely, definitely running the country music space right now, but for sure. Um, second set of two questions here for you. Um, let's say I am taking a trip to, I guess it'd be a two-parter question since you're living in Florida too. Let's say I'm taking a trip to your part of Florida where IMG's at, to your part of Ohio there where you're living back home too. What would be some of those recommendations you got for me? Some restaurants to go to, maybe some things to do. What would be some of those recommendations? Let's say you're having dinner. Second question. Let's say you're having dinner with three people, dead or alive, who would be at that table? Hmm. Um, hmm. I'd probably have for sure my T3 coach because uh, I, I feel like I could always connect with him well when I uh, sit at a table and then get to catch up. So probably him and then just my dad. Um, just get a talk with him. Wait, did you say anybody I could have? Yeah, dead or, or alive. Someone I know. It, it, no. You don't have to know them, anything. I'm going to have people, hmm. I've had people tell me Jesus. I've had people tell me Shohei Otani. You know, it's a wide range of people here that you can, you can have on the table. Hmm. Okay, then that changes my answer. Um, I'll probably, I feel like I've always looked up to Ken Griffey Jr. a lot with his swing and everything and his play style. So I'd probably have him there just to talk about like his game and stuff. And then um, one more. I'd, hmm. I might still do my summer coach. So probably probably uh Rua, my uh T three coach. Okay. So you got Rua, you got Ken Griffey Jr. and your dad. That would be the third one? Correct. Okay. All right. And then what would be those recommendations you got for me uh in Florida and Ohio? In Ohio, I'd definitely have to probably say uh Giannino's pizza place. Um 
I feel like that's really good pizza. So I'd definitely recommend that. Um, okay. In Florida, I don't go eat out as much, but I'd probably just go to my uh, wing stop. Wing stop is is pretty good in Florida. So I'd probably okay. just All say right. that. Um, so I got two last questions here for you before we do end it off. First off, TikTok for you page. You're scrolling through TikTok. You know that I know that TikTok algorithm does a pretty good job at showing you videos you want to see. So, what are some of those different videos that you're seeing on TikTok? Then, last question: Dream NIL brand. You get to whatever school ends up being there in a couple of years. You get that opportunity to capitalize on your name, image, and likeness. What would be that dream brand to endorse, collaborate, or partner with? Um, dream brand. I'd have to probably say Nike. Um, I mean, I, I just love all all of Nike's doing. So definitely um nike and uh can you repeat the first question uh the tiktok for you page uh my tiktok for you pages consists of a lot of baseball so uh i recently deleted tiktok but yeah smart before. smart move you know to you know i'm sure there's quite a few people who are going on tiktok for quite a bit and yeah maybe you could be spending that time in the batting cage or in yeah. the <laughs> whatever maybe putting on some weight whatever but sure. uh, um no um no man that, that's the final question here for you um, on the JKR podcast, you know, really appreciate you coming on the show. You know, it was great meeting you, right. great learning everything about that you got going on within your baseball career. Um, again, I really appreciate you coming on the show here, but you know, best of luck in your baseball career as well. For sure, thank you for having me.